Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's the Stream Police Podcast for June 8th, 2015. Welcome back, friends, to another edition of the Stream Police Podcast, the official podcast of OverdueReview.com. If you haven't been over to the website, maybe you just discovered this show on uh, iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud, however it is that you found this program. Thank you very much for listening. But uh, if you want even more um, in-depth looks at especially films and albums and sometimes TV shows, but mostly review movies and we review records, over at uh, OverdueReview.com, we do long-form reviews, retrospective reviews, uh, looking back, uh, kind of some of those those films that deserve a second look. And let's be honest; I mean, they pretty much all deserve a second look, really. Um, so, I'm Clint Davis, the uh, movie and TV writer and uh, editor in chief at OverdueReview.com. We'll be hearing in a little bit from our music editor, Andy Sedlak. Find out what he's got cooking this week and uh, what recommendations he has for you to put on your iPod, or if people still do that anymore, I don't know. I've still got an iPod from uh, 2005. I bought my iPod 10 years ago when I was in high school. Um, I got this iPod. I think I got it for a gift, actually. I think it was like a birthday gift that year in 2005. So 10 years, and this thing, it's one of the ones with the wheel on it. You know, you can, like, run your uh, use your thumb to scroll through the songs with the wheel. And the goddamn thing just will not stop ticking. I mean, I left it out in my car for winters, summers, hot weather, frigid cold weather, took it on tons of trips. It's banged up. But, man, this thing, it's, it's still got some of the original. Like, I look at the dates. I added some songs on it. And some of the dates are, like, from 2006, late 2005. I mean, it's 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 crazy stuff. So, um, I mean, you know, say what you want about Apple. But, damn, man, that thing took a licking and kept on ticking. So, I don't know if people still do that anymore, but you can... Certainly find a lot of the albums on Spotify, and most of the stuff I talk about here is specifically things that are, are specifically things that you're going to be able to stream because I mean that's thus the name, the Stream Police Podcast, because that's pretty much how everybody's uh, watching their 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 media now. All right, let's get started. Uh, I, I got my cigar of the week uh, this week, one of my personal favorites. I'm smoking an Acid Cuba Cuba today, very kind of like uh, sweet, spicy, heavy on flavor. Um, if you don't like that kind of thing, then you probably wouldn't dig it. But you see an acid Cuba Cuba somewhere. I think that, I swear to God, I think they're even selling them at Speedway now. I used to have to go down to like a special, you know, cigar shop when I was living in Dayton and get and get these things. But now they're like selling them at a gas station. So acid Cuba Cuba couldn't recommend it anymore. Let me go ahead and light this baby up. Oh yeah. Deserves another puff. 
Yeah, that's good. All right, so here we are, the Stream Police Podcast for June 8th, 2015. Uh, let's go ahead and get started. We're going to have a movie-heavy show today. Uh, TV, I mean, is, is in its summer season, so, I mean, there's not a whole lot of action going on right now, although TV in the summer nowadays is much better than it was 20 years ago when the networks dominated everything. I mean, now, um, I mean, networks like AMC, HBO, Showtime, Netflix, they wait until summer, you know, to kind of get those great shows out there. And uh, we're seeing that now. I mean, NBC's got Hannibal. It just started. I talked about it, raved about it last week. I just saw the season three premiere, and it looks like we're going to have a completely different kind of season this year. And I I can't wait. I mean, we've got tons of references to the Thomas Harris novels, the Hannibal Lecter novels. And um, if you want to read my review of the movie Hannibal that came out with Julianne Moore taking over as the Clarice Starling character that Jodie Foster made so famous in Silence of the Lambs, that is up at OverdueReview.com. Just uh, go ahead and... Uh, search for it. But I want to mention right on the outset here, I don't know if you've been to our website this week, but our website right now, as it stands, looks like one that was built for teenage girls. I mean, Andy Sedlak's last music review was Megan Trainor's album title. So we got Megan Trainor's face plastered right there on the front homepage. My last two movie reviews were about teenage girls as as the protagonists in the movies, Divergent, which I just gave a scathing review to. I gave it a one and a half star. You can read why that is if you go to the website. And Welcome to the Dollhouse, which I was a complete opposite. I gave it four stars. Love that film. It's always been one of my favorites. And as far as a, a movie about a teenage girl or even a teenager period, boy or girl, Welcome to the Dollhouse is one of the best uh, that that I've ever seen. One of the most original. So raw. So good. So go go there and check out those reviews. You don't have to be a teenage girl. Um, I mean, look at look at me and said, like, I mean, we are like the pictures of masculinity, you know, two men in their late 20s, just uh, virile and, and ready to take on the world. <laughs> and um, we're writing about Megan Trainer, Welcome to the Dollhouse and Divergent. So uh, go check them out with mixed results on uh, how we came out on those. So yeah, our site right now looking like it's for teenage girls, but I swear it's not. It's for anybody. You don't have to be a teenage girl to like our site, but. You certainly can be. Speaking of teenagers, um, I want to start out today by talking about something that was uh, a company that has been near and dear to my heart since they since they started making movies back in the mid-90s. I remember going when I was a kid. I don't know if you remember this. You had a story like this. But when I was a kid in elementary school, we took a field trip. I don't know what the hell this had to do with anything. I don't know if it was like a good grade reward trip because it doesn't – we got no learning. I mean – in the traditional sense, we didn't learn anything out of this field trip, but we went to the movie theater. Everyone in class that got their permission slip signed, we went to the movie theater and we saw Toy Story, the first Toy Story in theaters. Group full, uh, A group of kids from my elementary school, all of our minds blown at the exact same time. I mean, never seen anything like it. So funny, so fresh. One of the great animated movies ever made still to this day. It still holds up. If you, if you watch it, it's still funny and it still looks pretty good. Um, doesn't look nearly as good as it did when it first came out, but it still looks pretty good. And for its time, it was just, it was amazing. So I want to talk about Pixar real quick because I've always loved Pixar and anybody who's really into movies, I feel like loves Pixar because they really raised the bar on animation, just like Walt Disney company did, um, you know, 70 years ago when they did Snow White and showed everybody that, yeah, you could do a 90 minute animated movie, keep people interested and adults would enjoy it, um, about a fairy tale princess, and anybody, you know, anybody could get into it. So Pixar's got their next movie coming out 
um, by the next time we talk. On June 19th, Inside Out is going to hit theaters. And it's been a while since Pixar did a movie. They didn't do a movie all of last year, which was the first time they hadn't done a movie since they started with Toy Story uh, uh, 1 back in the day in 90, when was that, 95, 96? So I, I just wonder if, do you feel, and, and any of these questions I ask, I'm looking for feedback. So email me, please. At theclintdavis at gmail.com, T H E Clint Davis at gmail.com, or uh, submit comments to our Facebook page. Overdue Review has a Facebook page. Please go on there and like it. Um, and uh, follow us on Twitter. It's at overdue underscore review. Um, and I'm also on Twitter at Mr. Clint Davis. So, any of those ways, I'm giving you a lot of avenues here, folks. Reach out and please give me your takes on these things. I just wonder if you feel like Pixar has been out of gas for the last few years. And if Inside Out is going to be as important as I feel like it is going to be for them. Um, I mean, the company has been making all sequels since 2009, aside from Brave. Brave is the only original movie they've done since they did Wally and Up, which are, in my opinion, two of the greatest movies ever made, not just two of the greatest animated movies ever made. But Wally, I would probably put in my top, man, I don't know, top three. 30 movies of all time. I mean, I'd put it way up there. I'm talking about some of the great films ever. I'd put Wally up there. I mean, that to me, that that's the best animated movie that's ever been made. Um, and, and certainly the best one ever made by Pixar or Disney. And Up was, was a great movie, too. And I actually liked Brave a lot because I thought Princess Merida was one of the best characters um, that I've ever seen as a princess in a Disney movie. And Kelly McDonald did a great job with her voice uh, from, from Boardwalk Empire. She did a great job on that show. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just wonder if you, if you feel like Pixar's been out of gas. I mean, Cars 2, Toy Story 3, which was a freaking great movie. Uh, Monsters University, which I've got a review of up at OverdueReview.com as well. Uh, so director Pete Docter is taking over for on Inside Out. He's the one that's going to be directing this, and he's arguably the best that Pixar has as far as a director. He's the guy that wrote Toy Story 1, he wrote Toy Story 2, uh, and he wrote and directed Up. The movie Inside Out has an interesting premise. It takes place inside like the mind of a little girl, and all of her emotions are played by different characters. So she's got like anger, fear... Uh, Joy, they're all voiced by different actors and, and animated by different characters, or, and animated in, in the form of different characters. Um, the voice actors are great. I mean, it's Bill Hader, Amy Poehler, Louis Black, um, uh, Mindy Kaling is one of the voices. I mean, it's, it's just a lot of grade A comedy voice talent. So, I mean, I just have to imagine it's going to be funny, and I think this is going to be a return to form for Pixar, just from seeing the, the trailers and everything. Joy would know what to do. That's it. Until she gets back, we just do what Joy would do. Great idea. Anger, fear, disgust. How are we supposed to be happy? Hey, Riley, I've got good news. I found a junior hockey league right here in San Francisco. And get this, tryouts are tomorrow after school. What luck, right? Hockey. Uh-oh, what do we do? Guys, uh, th th this, uh, here, you you pretend to be Joy. Wouldn't it be great to be back out on the ice? Oh, yeah, that sounds fantastic. What was that? That wasn't anything like Joy. Uh, because I'm not Joy? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, now, I've read that psychologists are worried that the movie's going to confuse kids about mental health because it's presenting mental health as, like, uh, kind of a very simple thing that it's just different characters in your head and they all represent and that's not obviously how it is but I, i'm i'm gonna hope that kids don't take the movie literally and uh but maybe i'm giving too much faith to kids there but i mean really that's on parents i, I don't know why people are kind of up in arms about that but uh, inside out that opens on yeah june 19th I, I just wonder your thoughts on pixar i mean have they been 
have they been as solid as they were when they started? Because really, they never made a bad movie, in my opinion. I still don't think they ever made a bad movie. I mean, Cars 2 was probably as close to it as you're going to get. But Toy Story 3 was one of their best movies. I thought it was the best of the trilogy. Uh, Brave was still very good. Uh, original. It was uh, it was beautifully animated. And I thought uh, Monsters University was very funny. I mean, that was a, uh, it was a very funny sequel. So, I don't know. I, I don't think Pixar really needed a kick in the pants. But it is good to see them getting back to original stories. Because that is what made them so great when they first came out. Because they weren't doing sequels outside of Toy Story. I mean, they were just every year cranking out a new cast of characters. I mean, The Incredibles, Monsters, Inc., Ratatouille, uh, WALL-E, Up. I mean, these movies were just so original. And so just a feast for the eyes. And I just I can't explain the love for Pixar and, and how, uh, I mean, just how, how great what they did for animation was. Um, 10 years ago. So I'm glad to see them kind of getting back to form, it looks like, with Inside Out. So that one will come out by the time, the next time that we talk. Let's get to some television stories here. Um, I, I just read that uh, Netflix is going to be bringing back Arrested Development for a fifth season. Now, if you remember a couple years ago, it was a huge deal because Arrested Development had been canceled on Fox. And I was one of those people that watched Arrested Development on Fox when it was on. I watched um, I picked it up in the third season, so the last season of it, I watched it, and I thought it was extremely funny, very original. I just, I loved it. Um, and so I kind of got in on that show late. But so many people have, have found it on DVD and on streaming. I mean, it's the whole series is on Netflix. So they brought it back for season four. Season four met kind of mixed reviews. My take on season four is that it is one of the most ambitious seasons of comedy television that anyone has ever tried to do. If you haven't watched season four, maybe you've been putting it off because you felt like, I mean, how's it going to live up? And is it a big mistake? And, oh, I don't know, I heard so-and-so say that it was it was not worth my time. I tell you it's worth your time. If you like these characters and you like intricate storytelling and you like shows that try to juggle a lot of storylines and characters Watch Arrested Development Season 4. Go back and give that a shot because it was just, uh, I mean, once again, I've never seen anything like it. And it was the kind of season that could only be done streaming because there's no way people could have kept up with the storyline week in, week out if they had to wait over a 14-week period. I mean, it was just, it was almost too hard to keep up with on 14 episodes if you watched them back to back to back. Uh, but it was just it was a perfect example of what you can do when you're streaming and when you're watching the se- and when you're binge watching a whole season. So uh, Arrested Development season four totally made for binge watching. If you haven't watched it, that's what Overdue Review is all about. Go back, man. It's overdue. You gotta you gotta get on that. So they're bringing it back for season five. 2016 Arrested Development season five is going to come out, according to Brian Grazer, who's the executive producer. Um, of the show. Now, he said that the season order was going to be 17 episodes long in an interview that I read. It was actually, he was talking on a, uh, Adam Carolla's podcast. He told him that 17 episodes is how long season five of Arrest Development is going to be, which is two episodes longer than season four. I don't know why they're raising the number of episodes. I kind of feel like this is the beauty of streaming television, that we can, we can cap these number. Because, I mean, let, let's be honest with each other. People's attention spans are very short. Nobody wants to watch a 24-week season. I mean, it's just you don't want to have to do it anymore. It's too long. It's always been too long. Even the great shows, the great network shows ever, at, at 24 weeks, there were always some clunker episodes. I mean, even Lost, which was so great, and it was one of the you know best network shows of all time. Those seasons were so long, there was always some fat that could have definitely been trimmed and made the show even better if they didn't have it. 
Uh, I look forward to Arrested Development Season 5. That's a show that I'll always be happy to see coming back because it really did reinvent the wheel uh, when it comes to it kind of like the network one camera sitcom and so many shows have tried to rip it off since then um it's just uh, it's just truly one of the great original shows so maybe you never got into arrested development for whatever reason i couldn't recommend it more because it really is unlike anything you've ever seen well maybe not anymore because so many shows have ripped it off but it's still so funny the it's just loaded with jokes you got to watch it with subtitles on cuz you'll miss too many of the jokes if you don't um and and just just immerse yourself in that show and get to know that family Boy, you really had to work hard to bag this blind girl, huh? Certainly can't take advantage of her now, knowing what I know. What? No, Michael, you can. You just won the gold medal at the Sexual Special Olympics. She can't ever find you again. Don't you see that you're so lucky? God, how do you not... What's the matter with you? Didn't you bag some woman that you're never going to see again? Well, I screwed up. Kind of broke a couple of my own rules last night. I, she knows that I'm Joe Bluth and got married and I just... What? Well, she was a darer. She's one of those girls who just dares you to do things. You married her? I needed a dare. And speaking of reboots, uh, another thing I want to mention here uh, is networks that are bringing back shows that nobody asked for or wanted. All right? I'm not talking about The X-Files, and I'm not talking about Twin Peaks, which are two shows that are coming back. Showtime's bringing back Twin Peaks, and uh, Fox is bringing back The X-Files. Those are two shows that fans wanted to see come back. They've got the original actors. They've got most of the original talent behind the shows as far as the staff the writers directors but i'm talking about these shows that you hear about reboots coming and nobody wanted them i mentioned last week the full house reboot from netflix so now it's come out that the olsen twins are turning it down which how sad is that i mean it's pretty bad when the olsen twins are shooting you down don't tell me that they couldn't use some work so netflix bringing back full house nobody wanted it I read that NBC is resurrecting Heroes, which had its finale in 2010, five years ago. I mean, this show isn't even cold. It's not even, like, it's in the ground, but it's just barely, I mean, the dirt has just barely been covered over by maybe some new grass, a couple of seedlings, but the finale was just five years ago, and they're bringing it back. NBC is also bringing back ABC's Coach, which I thought was really weird, like 15 years later. Once again, nobody asked for it. Coach was a great show. It was fine. Let sleeping dogs lie. Fox is bringing back Prison Break. The finale of that show aired in 2009. And again, I never heard anybody, like, you'd always hear people talk about, oh, man, how great would it be if, uh, you know, if Seinfeld came back? Or how great would it be if uh, Chappelle's show came back? Nobody ever sat around in a coffee shop talking and said, Hey, man, how great would it be if Prison Break came back? Remember Prison Break? Remember Heroes? Man, how awesome would it be if those shows came back? Nobody cared. Finale aired in 2009. It was just a few years ago. Fox is also bringing back 24, this time without Kiefer Sutherland, who I never watched 24. It's never a show that I got into. It's been on my list for a long time. But from what I gather, Kiefer Sutherland was the best part. It was like when they brought back The Bourne Identity and they had Jeremy Renner play, you know, one of the the guys who wasn't Jason Bourne, but... You know, it wasn't Matt Damon. I mean, it's like, that was the best part of the movie. I mean, it's like doing a diehard movie without Bruce Willis. I mean, don't do it. He is the series. 24, Kiefer Sutherland is the series. Doesn't make any sense to me. And 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 another show that's been brought back a hundred times, Community. I think, I think 25 different networks have had that show on now. And it's still just, it gets canceled every year and then it gets brought back. I don't know. And I never hear anybody talking about wanting to have it come back. It just doesn't, doesn't make any sense to me. So... It, 
listen, NBC, when I found out they were bringing back Heroes, I went on Google. I did a quick search for Heroes Canceled because I wanted to see what some of the online headlines were when Heroes got canceled. And here are like three headlines that I came across on the first page of Google results. First one, why Heroes was canceled and deserved it. That was a headline I read. Another one, this one was from Entertainment Weekly. Heroes finally canceled with an exclamation point. It's like they they were just, you never see that. Like, thank God this piece of crap is finally off the air. It's finally been canceled. Another headline I saw on the first page of Google results when I looked up uh, Heroes canceled. Five reasons NBC should cancel Heroes, which obviously was written be- right before they canceled it. My name is Hiro Nakamura. I'm from the future, and I have a message for you. I don't have much time. I'm risking a rift just by coming here. The girl, you have to save her. What girl? The cheerleader. It's the only way to prevent it. Prevent what? Wait! Save the cheerleader, save the world! The thing is about this Heroes reboot, no doubt it's going to be expensive to produce. It's going to cost a lot of money to make this reboot. I'm sure it's going to have special effects, post-production, probably going to have some big-time actors in it, because didn't that show, it had uh, had like Hayden Panettiere, it had... Uh, Zachary Kento, who I don't think is coming back for this reboot, but he he's a big deal now. I mean, it had some big-time people in it, and they're going to have to pay him to come back now. So it's going to be expensive. Meanwhile, there are plenty of great new show ideas that young people have written that are waiting to be turned into shows but are getting turned down, shows that people might actually want to see or their original ideas. I mean, to me, it's different when fans demand that a show comes back. I mean, Family Guy, Arrested Development... Fans went crazy when those shows were canceled, and they demanded that they come back by buying the DVDs. So the, so Fox, in both of those cases, brought the show back. That makes sense. And it ge- gives the network a chance to do like a mea culpa and make a show that you actually did want to come back and say, sorry, okay, we canceled it, but hey, we'll bring it back because the fans want to see it. We just didn't feel like it was doing very well ratings-wise. But it's totally different when you make a show that nobody wanted to watch in the first place And to me, that is like a network lighting $100 bills on fire in public view. I mean, they might as well just go out in the middle of the street, shovel out about $9,100 bills on the ground, put some kerosene on top of them and light a match and then air it on television for 25 weeks in a row. I mean, that to me is what the Heroes reboot basically is NBC doing. So thank you very much, NBC. Appreciate that. It's not about money. It's about sending a message. Everything burns. All right, I'm going to take a break here. I'm getting a little too hot. i got to take a puff off the stogie, and uh, I'll put my feet up and let my friend Andy Sedlak take over and tell us a little bit about his uh, music recommendations for the week. Take it away, Mr. Sedlak. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. 
Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Friends, good to be with you. Excellent to be with you. In fact, uh, thanks for hanging out with us again here on the Stream Police uh, Podcast. Let me start by posing a question, okay? Does it get any better than when you have high expectations for something and that same something delivers? Too often it goes the other way, doesn't it? Too often we have these exceedingly high expectations uh, for a, a situation or an event, and you know whatever it is cannot possibly live up to whatever we have already conjured up in our heads. But does it get any better than when it does? The reason I ask, friends, I went to the uh, the Rolling Stones show at Ohio Stadium um, on May. 30th you probably remember all the posts that were in your uh, Facebook feed but um it, let me tell you something this was a hell of a show the rolling stones Unbelievable. I believe they played one ballad, two ballads if you count. Uh, you can't always get what you want. I guess so. Okay, two ballads all night. The rest of the show, high, high energy. Oh, my God. Goodness. Hey, look, let me tell you something, too. And I was excited about this. The reason I bring up the expectations thing, I was excited about this. In fact, when we ordered the tickets, I told my wife, I said, look, uh, we got to get to this show. This is a bucket list thing for me. I've seen a lot of different shows, been to a lot of different concerts, seen many, many, many different acts. Uh, but the Rolling Stones, always one of my favorite bands. I had never seen them live. I missed them in 05 on the Bigger Bang Tour. Uh, they didn't uh, come around through through North America for a little while after that. The 50 and Counting Tour, I you know, I did not just did not see it. Wasn't able to do it. Um, and so you know, when I heard about the uh, the Zip Code Tour, which is what they're calling this current tour, I said we. God, we got to go. Oh, my God, they're coming to Columbus. We have to go. I told her, this is a bucket list thing. Think about it. This is a bucket list. This is something I want to do before I freaking die. I had high expectations. I'll tell you that. I had high expectations. And let me also say, in, in, you know, this is something that, that I never have, have spoken out loud until right now. But as we were walking in, I was excited. I was ready for the show to start. There was a shadow of a doubt in my mind, though. You know? There was a shadow of a doubt. I think I'd done too much reading, frankly. Um, when they got together for their 50th, 50 and counting tour, um, I read that they they uh, met in a uh, Manhattan recording studio to practice. And uh, the word on the street at that point was that they didn't know whether Keith Richards could keep up. He had had some health trouble. I saw an interview with Ronnie Wood, uh, and his posture was bad. He was slumped over. <laughs> he spoke like an old man. When I watched um, 
when I was at school and I'd run home and watch the Rolling Stones, I would say, I'm going to be in that band. But I'll tell you what, in Columbus, Ronnie raised that guitar above his head. He strutted up and down the stage. He did well. It didn't show. Keith Richards, you know, he addressed uh, the crowd about halfway through the show. He always does two songs right in the middle of, of, the, um, of the show. There. He's been doing this for years. He was having a... Bu- he was laughing. Ladies and gentlemen. How you doing? Hey, I guess we all still have jobs. Okay. Clearly, this is he's not faking it. Clearly having a good time. Mick Jagger. Guy doesn't have an off switch. And Charlie Watts. Steady Eddie Charlie Watts. So, you know, it's just incredible. Truly, truly incredible. Played Ohio freaking stadium, by the way. I think it's the first concert that they have had there in several years. I want to say something like 12 or 13 years. I could be wrong. Don't write me letters if I am. Um, but uh, it, it sounded great. You know, they've got the best sound men in the business. It sounded great. You know, th- almost, I hesitate to say because I know sound geeks will get on me, but almost theater quality sound. It was crystalline. Crystalline. It was freaking perfect. Sounded so, so good. They flew in the night before the show. Uh, they were looking for a place to eat. Um, from what I understand, they wanted Italian. So they asked uh, the folks at the hotel, what's the best Italian place that you can think of off the top of your head? Right like that. Mick Jagger looking at you. What's the best? Mick Jagger wants to know what's the best Italian food in town. They directed them toward Gillespie's Italian restaurant. I believe that's in Bexley. Mick Jagger, Ronnie Wood, uh, his date on of his fiance wife anymore, um, but uh, and several members of the crew all went to this Italian restaurant. They sat, they ate, they were not bothered, though they did get a standing ovation when they left. Mick and Ronnie uh, posed with two cooks in the parking lot before leaving. Upon exiting, one of the members of the crew thanked the manager of the restaurant for uh, the most normal dining experience they've had in a while. <laughs> I like that story. The Columbus Dispatch called up the restaurant. They say, hey, what did Mick Jagger order? And the uh, the owner of the restaurant wouldn't tell him. I thought that was cool, too. They said, no, I mean, I'm not telling you what the guy ate. You know, res- respect his privacy. <laughs> the Rolling Stones, they played, uh, you know, I-, I think they only played maybe two or three songs that were uh, uh, released after maybe 77, but it was fine. Just great. High energy, sounded good, crowd was into it. It was a wonderful show. It was wonderful to be in their company. It was wonderful to experience the Rolling Stones live. Doesn't get any better than when high expectations are met. Hey, speaking of who else is out on tours, have you heard that uh, uh, that Shania Twain out on tour? Man, I feel like a woman. She opened up in Seattle last week. Now, Rolling Stone wrote that Twain was strutting around the stage confidently in a variety of body-hugging outfits and managed to appear humble amid the meticulously planned spectacle. Shania Twain. I wonder if Shania Twain feels out of place these days. You know, I mean, I don't know. Would you, if you were Shania Twain, would you feel out of place? Country is much different than what it was maybe 10 or 15 years ago. Pop, for that matter, is much different than what it was 10 or 15 years ago. Taylor Swift has done this crossover thing, which has been, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's 
it's interesting to observe to a degree. Uh, but she was really one of the first, Twain, I mean, was really one of the first uh, country artists that I can remember, at least in my lifetime, that went totally, totally pop. And that, in fact, in 2002, she released the album Up. Three different versions of that album were released, a pop version, a country version, and actually an international version. That was in the style of Indian film music. All three discs contained exactly the same track listing. Shania Twain. That don't impress me much. You know, she's also saying that this is going to be her last tour. Shania Twain, 49 years old. What do you think? Is this her last tour? The, the, the thing that I do like about Rolling, the Rolling Stones is that they have been doing this for 50-plus years. They've never gone on a final farewell tour they've never tried that the who have tried that a number of other acts have tried that in fact judas priest launched a farewell tour in 2011 the number of years until their next tour two kiss went on a farewell tour in 2000 the years the number of years that passed until their next tour also two In 1992, Ozzy Osbourne launched a farewell tour. He was quoted as saying, this is absolutely for real. It's the end of the road for me. I've been doing it for 25 years, and I want to go home. I've got a house I never see. I've got a car I never drive. I've got a family I never get to go home to. Three years later, Mr. Osbourne back out on the road. In 2000, Tina Turner launched a farewell tour. She hit the road again eight years later for a 50th anniversary tour in fact Shania Twain herself told Rolling Stone right now I feel as if I'll be satisfied after the tour to not perform anymore I'm not sure if I can speak for 10 years from now I bet she doesn't hey speaking of tours you know who canceled theirs that Iggy Azalea yeah Iggy Iggy Azalea, she canceled her entire Great Escape tour. It was supposed to start back on April 14th. She told Rolling Stone, I just deserve a break. I tell you, that makes her sound like a bitch. Her words, not mine. I just deserve a break. There's nothing, nothing will will uh, make fans understand. Nothing will make fans understand more than a sense of entitlement. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. The reason, the official reason for Iggy Azalea's tour, it was supposed to start in California, out there on the West Coast and work its way east, um, was that she has a, I got to take a drink of water. <laughs> That's a first class operation here. Um, the official reason for the canceled tour was that, uh, of course, a new creative, she wants to go in a new creative direction. And uh, in she apparently feels like she deserves a break the word on the street however the rumor is that she was not selling tickets for this tour this would have been her first arena tour she just released a new song with britney spears by the way the humbly titled pretty girls all around the world pretty girls It hasn't exactly burned up the charts. It reached the top 10 in Belgium, Spain, Sweden, and Greece. Made it to the top 20 in Canada and in Finland. Barely cracked the top 30 here in the United States. Peaked at number 29 on the Billboard Hot 100. Not 
selling tickets. Iggy Azalea. Probably bit off more than she can chew. Rap is hard to pull off uh, in an arena. You've got Kanye that can do it. And you've got uh, uh, Jay-Z that can do it. And those are two of the literally biggest names in the history of the game. It is tough, tough for rap to work in an arena. I've never seen a rap show in an arena. um, But from what I understand, you know, if you do it right, you can make it work. But it's hard to get it right. Iggy Azalea. I just deserve a break. Let's say you were in those shoes. Let's say you were going to you, you were you bought tickets to the Iggy Azalea show. And her reasoning for canceling is I just deserve a break. I don't know. Can she get away with that? I don't know. I don't know if it's a career killer. Releasing more songs like Pretty Girls might be a career killer. But I don't know if this is. But still, it's, it's funny because I can't see Katy Perry saying that. I can't say Rihanna saying that. I can't see Lady Gaga saying that. I just deserve a break. There's something about the attitude thing with, with Iggy Azalea that, that she, like she's entitled. I just deserve a break. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, whatever. Hey, look, I'm working on a new review, though, um, of Disturbed. Uh, ten thousand fists. It's been uh, it's been fun, truthfully, to go back and sort of rediscover that. A lot of opinions there. Um, so we'll see what uh, what comes out. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Aside from that, you know what what could I recommend? You know, I've been listening to just a bunch of old stuff lately, kind of single songs. I haven't done. Um, I haven't really gotten into a an album uh, aside from ten thousand fists, which I'm working on for overdue review. But um, uh, songs that I can recommend. Look, if you haven't heard um, uh, the Dr. John song, Ice Age, I was jamming to that a little earlier today. Dan Auerbach of the Black Keys produced it. Um, I'm also into uh, some of Peter Wolf's old stuff. I was uh, working out a little earlier in the week listening to that. I'm sure the only guy under 30 working out listening to Peter Wolf. He's got a solo song called Riverside Drive that's tremendous. Another song called Lights Out that's great. If you like kind of 80s rock, fun 80s rock, um, give those a shot. Riverside Drive in particular, just epic. One last walk down Riverside Drive. about six minutes long and it's it's sort of got a i don't want to say a meatloaf ish feel but late career meatloaf if you've ever listened for christ's sake to late career meatloaf it kind of has that sort of feel um aside from that there's a marty stewart song uh called tempted that i've been sort of jamming out to recently heard that one on uh, uh satellite radio there's a girl trying to steal my heart and i'm tempted Uh, those are the things that I have been just, you know, really, really working um, uh, pretty hard here recently. So, um, as always, you know, I thank you so much for the time. We'll go ahead and we'll send it back to Clint. I'll see you next time. Peace, y'all. All right, thank you, Andy. Appreciate that very much. All right, this is the Stream Police, so now's the time of the show where I give you a couple of recommendations on things that you should be streaming right now. Uh, first off, I always give a lot of love to Netflix, but I want to give a shout-out to the people who have Amazon uh, Instant Video, 
Amazon Prime Instant Video, which, good God, they got to get a better name for that. A um, couple of movies that are coming to Amazon Prime Instant Video or have already come to Amazon Prime that you should be watching. A um, couple obvious ones, The Shining and Apocalypse Now. Um, two of the great films ever made, two of the most intense um, films ever made, two movies that are just character studies that will that are about people being isolated from the world around them and just focused on a mission. Um, it, it's it, it, These are two movies that may f- make you feel insane. Um, so Apocalypse Now and The Shining, if you've got Amazon Prime Instant Video, this is a great chance for you to watch those basically for free, two of the great films uh, ever ever produced. And another movie that's coming to Amazon Prime by the next time we talk on June 22nd, uh, Lucky Number Slevin is going to be coming. And I'm not going to put Lucky Number Slevin on the same shelf as The Shining and Apocalypse Now, but this is a pretty good movie in its own right. And uh, it came out in the early 2000s. Josh Hartnett, uh, Bruce Willis, Morgan Freeman, pretty good cast. And really kind of a cool movie. It's kind of got like in the Tarantino Guy Ritchie vein. It's a cool movie. Lucky number 11. If you see that one pop up and you've never watched it, I recommend that. You might see Josh Hartnett and go, oh, my God, I don't know. Do I really want to watch this? But you, you do want to watch it. It's a, it's a very cool movie. Consider, Mr. Fisher, there are two men sitting here before you, and one of them you should be very afraid of. Where's my money? Listen, I've been hearing that a lot lately. My father used to say, the first time somebody calls you a horse, you punch him on the nose. The second time somebody calls you a horse, you call him a jerk. But the third time somebody calls you a horse, well, then perhaps it's time to go shopping for a saddle. Uh, A couple of Netflix recommendations for you. Um, Movies that you you really need to stream um, that are are right now available on Netflix. Uh, First off, The Last Waltz, Martin Scorsese's uh, concert documentary about the band and their last show together um, in San Francisco. I mean, what can I say about The Last Waltz? It hasn't already been said a thousand times. It's an amazing movie. I've got a, a countdown list that I did on the website, kind of tongue-in-cheek, about the ten most awkward moments from uh, The Last Waltz. And uh, if you go and read that, maybe after you watch the film or before, it might give you a, kind of a different perspective on the movie. But I love The Last Waltz. Don't get me wrong. That is just uh, – it's it's magnetic to watch if you love music, if you love classic rock. Um, it's you see everybody. I mean, Neil Young shows up with a big lump of coke hanging out of his nose. I mean, it's just a lot of a lot of classic moments on the last waltz. So I, I I certainly recommend that one. That's on Netflix now. Good pick by them. Um, Unbreakable is also on Netflix now. This one came out in two thousand. M Night Shyamalan's uh, follow up to The Sixth Sense, which was a huge uh, smash hit. And Unbreakable is a very good movie. I, I feel like in, every, in almost every way, it's it's as good as The Sixth Sense was. It's a superhero movie unlike one that you've ever seen. Um, and uh, Bruce Willis plays a guy that cannot get hurt. Like he gets in a car crash and he doesn't get a scratch. Like a, a car crash that is just a devastating wreck. He doesn't get a scratch on him. Um, he ends up in a train accident where everyone dies except him. And once again, doesn't have a scratch on him. And, um, he comes to meet this character played by Samuel L. Jackson, who is like his exact opposite. He's a guy that they call Mr. Glass, who, uh, he, he has this rare bone disease where like anything that happens causes him to break his bones, like any little thing, like you can't shake hands with him or you'll crush his hand. Um, so it's a very cool movie, unbreakable. Um, if you watch it, and it's got one of those great classic M. Night Shyamalan twist endings before he basically sold his soul and started making only shitty movies. Um, Unbreakable is when he was still one of the most promising guys out there. I'm going to ask you some questions. Where are you sitting on the train? Against the window. In the passenger car? Yes. Where are the other passengers? 
Your train derailed. Took a curve too fast. A second train collided with yours after it derailed. The debris spread over one mile. Why are you looking at me like that? There are two reasons why I'm looking at you like this. One, because it seems you are the only survivor of this train wreck. And two, you don't have a scratch on you. Um, and finally, of Netflix recommendations, a movie called Whitey, which came out in 2014. This is a documentary by the director Joe Berlinger, who did a couple of the best documentaries ever made, in my opinion, Brothers Keeper and Paradise Lost. He also did the Metallica documentary, Some Kind of Monster. He did that one with his partner, um, his filmmaking partner. But uh, this one uh, was done, like I said, in 2014, and it's about the mobster Whitey Bulger, who's the guy that uh, Jack Nicholson's character was based on um, in The Departed tough Boston mobster and he's a guy that's going to be betrayed by uh, betrayed portrayed by Johnny Depp in uh, the upcoming movie Black Mass which you may have seen some trailers for and that movie looks pretty damn tough if I do say so just from the preview so uh, Whitey is also on Netflix so there you go Last Waltz Unbreakable and Whitey if I could give you three very good recommendations before the next time uh, that we speak. Um, I do want to give a shout out to a few movies that are coming to theaters before the next time we talk before I wrap up here because um, it's kind of a big week for movies, a uh, big couple weeks for movies. Jurassic World is going to be opening on uh, Friday, June 12th. Once again, is this a reboot that nobody asked for? I probably would put it there. I think we were satisfied. Jurassic Park was one of the great uh, blockbuster movies of the last 20 years. It scared the shit out of me when I was a kid, but it was a great movie. <laughs> it's become one of my favorite movies, really, over the years. Um, and then the the follow-up movies, Lost World and Jurassic Park 3, pretty good. The third one especially is pretty good. If you haven't watched it, Lost World is the worst. But uh, Jurassic, World 3 was, or Jurassic Park 3 was actually a pretty damn good movie because um, it had a very good cast in it. But, yeah, Jurassic World comes out on June 12th. i got to say, I'm not that excited about it just because I don't feel like it was necessary. But... I'm sure it'll be all right. I mean, if if they stay true to what made the first one so good, which was the wonder, the amazement, and then the absolute fear and the uh, the morality play that trying to be God can uh, you know can result in, then I think Jurassic World will be a fine movie. But if it basically just retreads the same ground, then actually maybe it won't be that good. Uh, it's directed by the guy who did Safety Not Guaranteed, um, and that's the only movie that he's done. So I don't know. I mean, I think the, the they took a pretty big risk, and this guy got a big shot uh, to make this film. Uh, Chris Pratt is starring in it. He's starring in every other movie these days. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is also in it. That's Ron Howard's daughter. It's not Jessica Chastain, despite what many people, I, I think, believe when they watch the trailer. Uh, they kind of look alike. But, yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt. Um, the original cast is gone, except for B.D. Wong, who plays the scientist who was there when the egg hatches in the first one. He's back in Jurassic World. Uh, he was the guy that played Father Ray Mikado on one of my favorite shows ever, Oz, back on HBO in the day. So uh, that's Jurassic World. That's opening up on June 12th. I just got to say, I'm not, I'm not that excited about it, but I'll see it, and we'll talk about it when I see it. I'd love to know your thoughts on it if you do get out there. By the next time I do the show, I'd love to read some of your thoughts. So email me again, theclintdavis at gmail.com. And then a couple of smaller movies that are hitting theaters before the next time we talk. On June 12th, if you see it playing near you, me and Earl and the Dying Girl. You need to go see this movie. This won the big prize at Sundance this year. It's been described as a more realistic, funny, and thoughtful version of, of The Fault in Our Stars. It kind of has the same kind of story, but it's more brainy, and I believe uh, it doesn't take itself so seriously. 
And it stars Olivia Cook, who was in Ouija, which if I can say one thing about Ouija, that would be don't watch it. Um, Beth and I watched it the other day, and it was just a piece of crap all around. So, But she's going from that to really a movie that's getting a ton of acclaim, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. I would say if you're, if you're going to the theater and you got a choice between Jurassic World and Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, I, would, I think Me and Earl and the Dying Girl is your better bet. Um, on that weekend. But, you know, it may not be as exciting, but I, I bet it'll be a better movie, Dollars and Donuts. Look, I don't want you hanging out with me. I don't need your stupid pity. It's fine. You can just go. No, no, hey, you got it all wrong. I'm not here because I pity you. I'm actually here because my mom is making me. It's actually worse. Yeah, I know. Look, it's, it's okay. Honestly, I, I'm fine. Just, just go. Okay, Rachel, just listen to me for a second. My mom is going to turn my life into a living hell if I don't hang out with you. Okay, I can't overstate how annoying she's being about this. She's basically like the LeBron James of nagging. LeBron James I know plays who basketball. LeBron James okay. is. And finally, uh, June 19th, a movie called Dope is opening up. Uh, this is a black teen comedy. It's directed by Rick Famuyiwa. He's the guy that did The Wood which I gave a three-star review to on OverdueReview.com. You can read that there if you just go in and search The Wood. Um, and he did Talk to Me with Don Cheadle, which was um, a pretty decent movie. It wasn't amazing, but pretty decent movie. It moved me in parts. Um, and uh, it's, it's executive produced by Pharrell and Puffy, so I'm sure it'll have some good tunes in it. Um, and this also features the long-awaited acting debut of ASAP Rocky, uh, <laughs> I say that kidding, but the movie did get uh, a lot of love at Sundance uh, once again. So Dope is hitting theaters also, and I've heard a lot of good things about this one. As I see the movies, I'll give you takes on them as I do. Uh, since the last time we spoke, I didn't see anything else in theaters yet, so that's why I didn't mention any, any on this program. All right, so that's going to do it for this edition of The Stream Police. Uh, once again, I want to thank uh, Andy Sedlak for chipping in with his music takes this week. Email him at sedlakjournal at gmail.com. Email me, theclintdavis at gmail.com. Make sure you go to our Facebook page. Give us a like there. We don't have many, but uh, we're, we're slowly accumulating them. And go to Twitter as well and follow us at overdue underscore review um, right there on Twitter. Uh, next time, we're going to talk about Seinfeld hitting Hulu on June 24th, and that definitely is something we need to chat about. And uh, a movie that's going to be hitting Netflix on June 20th that I really want to get to that I watched recently and absolutely loved that I didn't think I was going to love very much. So, um, as always, go to our website, OverdueReview.com, to read more in-depth coverage and uh, long-form reviews of movies and records and television um, and any uh, news items that we deem worthy to put on there as well. Thank you very much for listening and spending some time with us today on the Stream Police Podcast. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks uh, right here. Until then, be safe, everybody, and thank you very much. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.